I want to begin today by starting with the same scripture we did last week. So if you can look on the screen and follow along with John 14, it says this. If you love me, keep my commands, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever, the Spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. So last week, we discussed how the Holy Spirit is a helper, how he's a paraclete. If you remember, a parasite takes things from us, but a paraclete adds to our life. And we talked about the things that he adds, the freedom, the peace, the closeness, and so much more. And this week, I want to talk about how in that same passage, I love how the Word of God um, can have so many angles. You can read through the same scripture. It's not like a book that you read once and you know all the plot. It's a book that you can read over and over and over, and the Holy Spirit of God can illuminate things different to you each time. And so as we read this passage again, we can see that the Holy, Jesus describes the Holy Spirit as an advocate, as an advocate. Advocacy means a person who publicly supports, who recommends or recommends a particular cause or policy. And they can use many means and many forms to get this across. They can use signs. They can use uh, social media platforms. They can use all kinds of things. So, for example, um, Greenpeace. Greenpeace is an organization formed in 1970, and they wanted to stop nuclear weapon testing in the U.S. That was their cause. And so they, it, had been, it had been described as this cause that was potentially the most visible environmental organization in the world. Greenpeace advocates for the earth. So they go wherever they feel like the earth is not being taken care of properly, and they fight for it, and they advocate for it, and they do things to fight for it. Uh, the NRA is another one, the National Rifle Association, created in uh, New York in 1871, and their Advocacy is to protect the rights of gun owners. PETA, you may have heard of PETA. Nod your head if you've heard of it. An organization that is full of advocates that protects the rights of animals. People that show up places where they feel like animals are being cruelly uh, misused and mistreated and they show up for the rights. And it's so interesting because there's many, many of them. But one of the things that makes advocacy groups so effective is they choose one cause. They choose one lane, and they stay in that lane. They, they have a narrow, a very narrow focus. So, for example, the PETA advocates don't try to lobby for gun rights, right? The AARP doesn't try to tell the National Education Association how to do their best work. They stay in their lane. And even though maybe advocates in these associations may agree with one another, they choose who they're representing in that moment, and they focus on that narrowly. And so I got to thinking about advocacy when I read this word, and I believe that the Holy Spirit of God, the scripture says the Holy Spirit is an advocate for Jesus. The Holy Spirit is an advocate for Jesus and Jesus only. The Holy Spirit speaks truth and testifies to Jesus. It's a narrow focus. It's a narrow lane. There's a lot of good things that the Holy Spirit could say, or a lot of good things that the Holy Spirit could agree with, but he's not just advocating for good things. The Holy Spirit wants to represent the Trinity, Jesus and God and the Holy Spirit, and what he wants. And advocates are different than assistants. Advocates are different than assistants, and an assistant kind of helps you with your agenda, 
An assistant takes orders from you. An assistant works those plans and details out. But an advocate is different. An advocate sticks up for you. An advocate fights for you. He, he defends you. He promotes you. And so in John 15, 26, we see in that same gospel, uh, speaking about the Holy Spirit, it says, when the advocate comes, it calls him that again, whom I will send to you from the Father, the spirit of truth who goes out from the Father, he will testify about me. So the advocate will testify about Jesus. He will not take assist, he doesn't take orders from Jesus. That's not how it works. He doesn't get bossed around by Jesus. He is an advocate for Jesus. And the scripture says that the Holy Spirit is sent as an advocate for Jesus to help us. Isn't that beautiful? To, to assist us, to help us, to, to allow us to, to represent Jesus. So when you hear the Holy Spirit of God in your mind or in your heart and you begin to understand what he's saying, you can absolutely know that that's not just good thing or good advice. That is straight from the heart of Jesus. So today I want to highlight just three things, three important things that I believe that the Holy Spirit advocates for. Things he champions, things he promotes, things he supports in all kinds of different ways. And the first is this, that the Holy Spirit is an advocate of the truth. The Holy Spirit is an advocate of the truth. So have you ever uh, gotten that dreaded uh, letter in the mail um, that you are up for jury duty? Anyone ever have jury duty? And then you call and just hope that uh, they say that you don't have to come in, right? <laughs> I got an amen down here. Maybe you've seen a televised trial, maybe you've never been in a courtroom, but when you're in a courtroom, usually uh, it's administered with the person standing and they take an oath and they raise their right hand and they put their left hand on the scriptures and they say this, do you swear to tell the truth? Say it with me if you know it, the whole truth and nothing but the truth, so help you God. Now, I'm guessing that I don't have any historical background to prove this, but I'm guessing that maybe the initial oath was, do you swear to tell the truth? But somewhere along the line, some smarty pants told the truth but left out pieces and said, well, I did tell you the truth, but I held back part of it. And so then the oath was altered. Do you swear to tell the truth, the whole truth? Because you're not going to get me on a technicality. And then it began to become clear that some who testified added things to their testimony, which, which, which misled people and began to unfold the truth and misled other people. And so once again, the oath had to be revised to, do you swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth? So help you God. And now the one giving testimony who had made the oath to be completely truthful, if they did not, if they didn't tell the whole truth or they added things or took things away that misled people, they could be indicted and tried for perjury to the court, a crime punishable by prison. And so now it was serious. The oath to tell the truth over time developed because we as human beings are pretty easily swayed about telling the truth. We as human beings are pretty easily swayed because of our, our sin nature about telling the truth. We misuse our freedom, and so we have the capacity to manipulate the truth. Some call it spin. Some call it exaggeration. Some call it PR. But no matter what you call it, it's lying, right? I mean, it's, it's just, it's not the truth. It's lying, and the Holy Spirit of God says, 
that he promises to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. All the time. That the Holy Spirit of God is an advocate for the truth. In fact, that's the takeaway today. I'm going to say a lot of other things about the Holy Spirit, but I want you to leave here remembering that. That the Holy Spirit of God always tells the whole truth and nothing but the truth. Even when it hurts. Even when it's hard to hear, the Holy Spirit of God is never going to blow sunshine at you. He's never going to tell you something that isn't true because he advocates for the truth. So the scripture we read in John 14 says that the Holy Spirit will serve as a divine reminder. I love this. John 14, 26 says it. He will remind you of everything I have told you. So Jesus, is, Jesus promises that the Holy Spirit will be sent and it will remind the disciples. And so some people talk about the legitimacy, the inerrancy of the scripture. If, if Jesus said it, how did the people, the disciples, write it down? How could that be accurate? How could they remember every detail? Well, God addresses that in the scripture. He says, I'm going to remind them, the Holy Spirit of God, so that they can record it accurately in the scripture so that us, generations later, could read it and know that we are getting the very words of God because the Holy Spirit reminded them what Jesus said and did. And I believe that Jesus still does that for us today. The Holy Spirit still reminds God's people about his word. He still reminds us, he makes it come, come alive. He highlights the truth of his word. So when you're anxious about the future and you're worried about how you're going to pay those bills or, 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 or who you're going to lean on when your spouse is gone or if your kids are ever going to come around, the Holy Spirit of God is the one who fights for the truth and reminds you of what the word says. He reminds you, Psalm 27, 11, excuse me, Psalm 27, 1, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When you're feeling purposeless, when you're feeling defeated, when you're feeling far from God, when, when your days are dark and your nights are sleepless, the Holy Spirit of God fights for truth and reminds you, brings that back to your mind that the word says, Romans 8, 28, and we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. I think it's easy to listen to yourself. It's easy to listen to other people rather than the truth of God's word. And so we have to intentionally weed out the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. We have to intentionally find that and intentionally cling to it and intentionally reject all the other voices trying to tell us otherwise. Because the Holy Spirit wants us to know the truth and live in it. And so I would encourage you to pray often. Pray and ask the Holy Spirit to speak truth to you. Ask the Holy Spirit to reveal truth to you. That his voice would be the loudest in your life. That, that pray to, the, to Jesus. If, if I am deceived by anything, if I have a value or a belief or an attitude that isn't from you, that is, that is deceiving me, Holy Spirit, would you come and would you tell me the truth? Would you tell me the truth about this? Pray and ask if you are believing any lies that the truth would break them from you. You know that a lie only has power if you believe it. All the power is drained out of a lie once you decide that it's not true. 
But there are lies that can keep us captive for months, for years, sometimes even for lifetimes because we believe them. Because we believe those things about ourselves that someone said to us that weren't true. Or we believe the things in our life that, that, that we have decided in our minds were failures or we're never going to get there. We believe that. But as soon as we begin to hear the truth of the Holy Spirit, that we have a purpose and a destiny, and that, and that he has, a, has a, a plan for us, that lie, the power of that lie can be broken. Because a lie only has power if you believe it. Now, the Holy Spirit speaks directly to your mind. He, he doesn't need to speak in an audible voice. He doesn't need to go through your ears. He's the Holy Spirit. He can speak right to your mind. That's part of the supernatural experience of the Holy Spirit. And so if the Holy Spirit brings God's truth to your mind, if that is his role, if he's supposed to remind you of the truth, then the very nature of the word reminds means you've already heard it. Right? You've, already, you've already heard it. You've already had it in your heart. And so that's why it's so important to read and study and fill your mind with God's word because you are storing the truth in your mind so that when you get in a situation, the Holy Spirit of God says, ooh, ooh, right there. Remember when you read that? Remember when you talked in your group about that? Remember when you sat together and you guys discussed it and you contemplated it? The Holy Spirit is going to bring that up to your mind at just the right time. And what happens when we believe the Holy Spirit, the scripture tells us when he tells us the truth and we begin to believe the whole truth, nothing but the truth, all the truth, so help me God, John 8, 32 tells us this, when you know the truth, then you will know the truth and the truth will set you, what? Free. The truth will set you free. And like we talked about last week, the Holy Spirit of God wants you to live in freedom wants you to live in freedom, in, in full forgiveness, and in the full abundant life that Jesus has for you. Second thing that the Holy Spirit of God advocates for is love. The Holy Spirit advocates for love. Now, I got permission to share this. So, just so you know. But here's a conversation that happens in my house often, and I just wonder if it happens in your house, maybe, or some version of it. Hey, Joel, why would you leave the glass that you just drank out of by the sink when the dishwasher is just four inches, just right here? Just open it up, and you put it right in. You want me to show you? I'll just give you an example. I just show him, you know, just like, just like this, and just goes, just goes right in. Why, why do you do that? And to which he replies, there are several reasons I do that. Wife, and pretty much that's what he says, actually. Just That's kind of verbatim right there. Um, I may want to use it again. I, I'll, I'll know where to find it if I need it, if I'm looking for it. Um, I don't care if a glass is sitting by the sink. It doesn't bother me. I'll never care if that glass is sitting by the sink, ever. It's impossible for me to even think about that glass again, so why would I move it from the sink to the dishwasher? Now, <laughs> to which I reply... You know, there's just one reason I need you to stop leaving that glass by the sink, and that's because there's something about my brain, just if you're a woman in the room, amen this, where like when all the dishes, the dirty dishes are in the dishwasher, there's my, I'm just peaceful. 
I just have, there's just this peace in my life, this internal peace that I cannot describe. And so even if there's one glass on that counter, if I can just get it in the sink, so it just means a lot to me if you would just do that. And so um, in that moment, when Joel puts his dirty glass in the dishwasher and he does it because even though it's not important to him at all, it's important to me, it becomes this meaningful act of love and this meaningful sacrifice for me because love is powerful. Now, yeah, there you go. Now, Joel doesn't have to understand why I care so much about that stupid glass. He just has to understand and respect that I do. And when he does, when he realizes that matters to me, then loving me equals putting that glass in the dishwasher. Now, some of you might be thinking out there, maybe it translates in a different direction. Um, Maybe wives, you just need to keep gas in your car before you pull into the driveway so that it's not empty when he gets in to drive to the next place. That might be a real example. I can't confirm or deny that. Um, (laughs) If we were on E and further from the gas station, then we had gas. But you know what? (laughs) I don't check the gas gauge because I don't know. So anyway, um, (laughs) you could translate that two different ways. Just putting that out there for husbands as well. Here's the bottom line. The Holy Spirit is always advocating for relationships. The Holy Spirit of God is always advocating for relationship. The Holy Spirit is always pushing us to do what it takes to make the relationships right. As little things as it seems, as putting glasses in dishwashers or filling up gas tanks, the Holy Spirit will always cheer you on to honor other people. The Holy Spirit will always be the one who reminds you to apologize. The Holy Spirit will always be the one to remind you to accept someone's apology and not reject it because you know that they did something wrong. The Holy Spirit, the Word of God says, wants you to live at peace with everyone possible. And he is the one who will remind you that being better is far, far more important than being right. And so if you are experiencing this moment where you feel like, man, maybe I should call that person and say I'm sorry, or maybe I should write a letter to them, or maybe I should make that right, and then you're going, I don't know if that's God or me, let me tell you, that's the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is always championing relationship. The Holy Spirit always is championing love. And let me remind you why. John 15, 13 says this, greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. And Jesus offers grace consistently and generously. And Jesus gave himself up for us. And so love is an action of self-sacrifice. And the power behind any relationship is an unselfish spirit. And the Holy Spirit helps us become that way. The Holy Spirit helps us prioritize relationship over task. The Holy Spirit helps us make the sacrifices that we need to make our relationships right. So just a practical application. What if a common question from you to your spouse or your children or your coworkers or the people that you live with, what if a common question every day you asked was, how can I serve you this week? What can I do for you that matters to you? What can I do for you that matters to you? How can I paint for you the picture of how Jesus loves you in the most effective way possible? How can I usher in the Holy Spirit who advocates for love and advocates for relationship today? And imagine how that would change our relationships. All the while, the Holy Spirit just just championing and, and promoting love each other well, love others on purpose. He wants us to win at having good relationships. 
After all, 1 John 4, 7 reminds us love is God's idea. Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God, and everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. All right, here's the third one. The Holy Spirit of God advocates for heavenly perspective. Heavenly perspective. Perspective is something that shapes how we see things. Now, the Holy Spirit does a really good job with this because his job is to magnify Jesus. So when our life situation seems too big for us to handle or overwhelming, the Holy Spirit is the one who comes in and reminds us how big God is. I think of it like, think of your situation or your circumstance being, um, you know, uh, boundaried in a room, excuse me, put, like put in a room, okay, like your living room. All of your problems are in your living room right now, okay? Don't go home. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> and the Holy Spirit of God shows us what Jesus is doing in the room. Like where Jesus is in the room, that's where the Holy Spirit of God is showing us. And so he shows us what Jesus is doing in the situation. It's hard to see God every day in every situation. Sometimes it's hard to see God in places that, that you don't often see him. But the Holy Spirit illuminates God's work so we do see it. And when we are bored spiritually or dry and we haven't felt anything for a really long time, the Holy Spirit comes in and gives you a new, fresh perspective on the goodness and the faithfulness of who God is. It's interesting. Things can look really different from different angles. Mistakes can double as opportunities. Waiting can become transformative. A door closed can make a catalyst for a door to open. But a heavenly perspective can make everything meaningful. Because it all matters. Every, everything matters. Every mistake, every misturn, everything, every situation we end up that we didn't realize we would be in, it all matters to God. And I want to encourage you to ask the Holy Spirit, how do you see this situation? Where are you in it? Where are you working? How do you see this relationship? Where are you working in this relationship? How do you view my life? Where am I missing the mark? What perspective should I be having? And it's so amazing because the scripture says that the very best way to get this heavenly perspective of the Holy Spirit is through worship. It's through worship. Ephesians 5, 18, 20 says, be filled with the Holy Spirit, speaking to one another with psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit. Sing and make music from your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. It says this, that the best way to get a heavenly perspective is to worship. And you'll see the team coming up here behind me, but before we sing this song, I wanna just read a few more of these scriptures that the Holy Spirit is attracted to our choice to worship. The scripture says that the Holy Spirit is attracted to that choice because we are about to declare the value and the worth of God. That we're about to say, hey, the person and the power of Jesus is going to be our focus. We're going to join forces with the Holy Spirit because all day long he advocates for him. And so when we worship, it's like we get in the, in, in the, the crowd with the Holy Spirit. And we say, we're here too. We're here to, to glorify God. We're here to, to make his name great. We're here with you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for doing it all the time. Now we will join you in these moments. Our hearts will be magnetized to you. And the Holy Spirit says when we do that, he shows up. The Holy Spirit draws us close in worship. Psalm 22 talks about 
being enthroned in the praises of his people. And we actually sang that song earlier today. But what it's saying is that when we worship, we are like carrying the throne of God. And, and our, our arms are up and we're carrying the throne of God and the Holy Spirit is close to us because we are literally acting as the throne of God, our hearts are. And in John 7, 37 through 39, Jesus talks about how whoever believes in me, rivers of water will flow from them. And that is referring to that the Holy Spirit is released when we worship. It's not just the song we're singing or the words. We talked about this several weeks ago that it's actually not about our preferences or our style or the words of the song or the pitch of the music. It is about the Holy Spirit of God flowing from us and releasing worship into the atmosphere. And if we believe that the Holy Spirit changes things, then all of those other preferences don't matter much because worship fills our heart and the atmosphere and it changes how we see things. It changes our perspective on people. It changes the circumstances around us of the perspective we have them. And worship gives us this heavenly perspective. I'm believing today that as we worship here in a few minutes, that you are gonna begin to see a certain situation, a certain person, a certain uh, problem in your life, that you're gonna see it different. That's my prayer for you today. You're gonna see it different. I can't write that story for you, but the Holy Spirit of God can do that. The Holy Spirit of God can do that. When you walk out of here this week, you're gonna be talking to your, your husband, your wife, or your best friend, or someone in your small group. You're gonna say, man, I used to feel this way about this, but on, that, on Sunday, the Holy Spirit of God showed me something different about that. Are you ready for that? Because I believe that the Holy Spirit of God is gonna show up and he's gonna be in our praises. He's gonna be in our worship. He's gonna give us a heavenly perspective, a perspective that we have not seen because we look at things in the natural so often. But the Holy Spirit of God is gonna come and say, remember this, let me show you this. Don't forget I said this. My promises are always true, even when you're in the waiting. I provided for you a prayer um, on a little uh, slip of paper when you came in, a prayer for the week. Um, last week we talked about how I can talk about the Holy Spirit all day long, every week for, for a year, but the idea is he needs to be experienced. So I wanna ask you to pray that prayer through this week. Put it in your car, in the place where you sit every once in a while, to have it there, pray it through. And I believe that the Holy Spirit of God will change something in your life when you ask him. I believe that he will advocate for the truth, that he will advocate for love, and that he will advocate for a heavenly perspective. So here's how we're gonna close today. I wanna take some time to worship because I believe we need a change in our perspective. I believe that God wants to give us that change. I believe he wants to put truth in our lives, that he wants to help us see how to love other people well. I asked some trusted friends to come to the altar this morning to help pray for others. They're gonna come up here in just a minute. Actually, would you stand? And if you're gonna pray for folks, if you just come down and sort of take your place. If you need prayer for a heavenly perspective, you don't even have to share all your details. 
We're not trying to get something out of you. We just, we just want to pray for you. You might even just say heavenly perspective. Or you might say, I need more of the truth. Or I need help loving other people. Or you might just say, I don't know, just pray for me. We are going to, to worship. If you're sitting in your seat, I want you to just worship and, and ask the Holy Spirit to come and, and just be with us and dwell with us. And if you need prayer, if you would just come down. And, and just approach some of these people and, and they will pray with you for a heavenly perspective. And I believe that as we worship, we're gonna sing this song that goes, when, I, when you walk into the room, everything changes. And I believe that as we do that, we are literally gonna usher in the Holy Spirit of God into this very room and he's gonna be here and he's gonna do what he does best. And we aren't gonna have to fabricate it or make it up that the Holy Spirit is gonna meet us in a really practical way this morning. So let me pray and then we'll worship today. Jesus, I thank you that before you left the earth, you intentionally sent an advocate. You intentionally sent someone who would just speak for you, would fight for you, would promote you, would defend you. And so we want more of the Holy Spirit today. We pray, God, that the Holy Spirit of God would advocate the truth to our hearts. God, if there are any lies that we're believing this morning about ourselves or other people or situations, God, that even in this moment, you would break those off of us, God. And we could have a different heavenly perspective. God, I pray that you would advocate for love for us, that if there are people in our lives that we need to forgive or people we need to make relationship right with, God, that you would just uh, nag us until we do it, God, that you would prompt us, Father, and that we would take those steps. Holy Spirit of God, we wanna honor you by loving other people well. And Jesus, I pray for a heavenly perspective. We face a lot of struggles, we face a lot of hard things. But God, we know that you are in the room, that you are in those situations. You're in the doctor's office, God. You are in the job uh, office, Lord. You are, you are in our family room. You are with our kids when we're trying to get them to obey. God, you are there. And so we pray, Holy Spirit of God, that you would just give us a heavenly perspective. Show us how you see it and where you are. God, change everything. We're ready for you to change everything. In Jesus' name we pray, amen come and pray if you need it and just worship together this morning.